Welcome to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Join us over the next 60 minutes as we recap last week's matchups, preview the upcoming games, make predictions, and much more. Here's your host. Welcome inside Conference USA. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer is no longer behind the glass. Ben Cower is behind the glass for this year's and this year's version of Inside Conference USA. Nick Verzellini has graduated, so Justin Zimmer moves from his seat behind the behind the glass to my seat. I have moved yep. to Nick's seat, and Ben Cower fills the producing role. Zimmer, I'm excited. I'm excited. So thank, it, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to this. So this is the first episode, and obviously the first one means we have to do some previewing, yep. and that's previewing this Conference USA football season. Hopefully it's um, a different one this year, and hopefully it's a better one, and there's more games played, and we're able to see a lot more action than we did last year. So much uncertainty with last year. Yeah, I think the thing is – and now you consider the with the with the Delta variant how prevalent that's been in in society. I think now college football has the blueprint to do this successfully. You know, last season they got from the beginning of the season to the end. You know, there was some major hiccups along the way. Uh, you know, the the group the Power Five has at least issued a forfeiture policy. At least you know if there's a COVID outbreak within like a Power Five conference, the ACC, Big Ten, SEC, that the school with the COVID outbreak forfeits. So Conference USA hasn't done that yet. But I think now the blue work the blue the blueprint is in place that hopefully we can get to the end of the college football season without any without any hiccups. Absolutely. I'll say, so how we're going to do this, we'll outline the show here for you over the next hour, the first 15, 20 minutes or so, first half hour of this preview show is going to focus on each team in the West Division. So we'll start um, from 7 to 1 in the preseason poll in the West Division. So it'll be UTEP we talk about first, and then we'll take a break, come back, talk about the East, take another break, and then that'll leave us about 10 minutes or so to do some season predictions that Zimmer and I will do, uh, as well as pick a couple of games because it is week zero that is upon us this weekend. UTEP's in action. I believe UAB's got a Wednesday game next week. So Your next Wednesday at They'll seven. start pretty much right when we're on the air, yep. so we'll go ahead and pick that one tonight. But let's start Zimmer with UTEP. This is a Miners team led by Danny DeMell, enters his fourth year in El Paso, only five wins in three seasons. He's got a 5-27 and 27 record, but uh, this year they're hoping for more. No wins in Conference USA last year, but did go 3-5. and five. Yeah, I think he's the uh, one of the coaches in this conference that's on the hot seat. If you consider like the success over the recent years, it hasn't been great. So <clears throat> you talk about being 3-9. and not, like the, I'm re- looking at the projected record here from uh, Athol. They're saying that at 3-9, and 1-7 in conference play. Look, at last year they got lucky in a couple of those games. You know, they beat Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian. Those are two Division two, II, Division three schools. Those wins you would ex- one would expect from a, a a team in Division one. Now they got a couple tough non-conference games, particularly that September 11th game against Boise State. So they don't have an easy start. They have New Mexico State and Bethune Cookman. They can get off to a good start at two and zero, but then it's all downhill from there. So. I think they're going to have a very difficult year. And though the, though that they were returning a lot of starters, especially at the helm of Gavin Hardison back, at, at least as another projected quarterback, they're returning yeah. a lot of starters back. But their schedule's not easy, and, and that's not going to really be helpful to Demel's job status down in El Paso because I think he's a, he's really close to being on the hot seat and being out of a job. Yeah, you mentioned Hardison coming back. He'll probably be his second year as the starter with UTIP, and he had a solid season last year, showed a lot of promise at times. Um, and then Deion Hankins was a really good freshman running back, nearly ran for 600 yards in about seven or eight games or so. So he showed some promise defensively. Um, off, They've got some guys they can lean on as well. Defensive end praise on Mawale is back. He had seven sacks last year. He was a name Nick and I last year talked a lot about was his presence defensively. They ranked third, uh, did UTEP in Conference USA versus the run, and ranked third in third down defense. So defensively at times they were good, offensively a little bit inconsistent. So We'll see how it goes this year for the Miners. I think the seven spot, they're in that spot, and they're predicted there because the West Division is fairly loaded. Yeah, it is loaded. It's very top-loaded, very very much at the top. You have, UA, UA, you have UAB and UTSA as number one and two, which, and then you have Louisiana Tech that's number three. And 
those are three very good football teams. And so that West division is going to be a dogfight all year. I think the East is maybe one or two horses in the race. The West is about three, and if Rice is good, they can hop in there. You know, the thing that I've noticed on defense is UTEP's not returning a lot. Of, they have about, about five, about six returning stars. So there's going to be a lot of new new people on defense, a lot of new pieces moving around. So that could be very detrimental to UTEP's success in the season. So seven's a good ranking just because how much turnover they're having on the defensive side of the ball. Not that much, though, on offense. Justin mentioned that Boise State matchup being a key non-conference game. That's September 11th. The two games they'll play uh, against East Division teams will be Old Dominion at home on October 2nd and FAU on October 30th. And then just two incoming transfers, one on each side of the ball. Zimmer, let's transition to who was picked sixth in the West. Yeah, well, and that will be the Rice Owls. And Rice comes into the 2020 se- 2021 season. And really last year played spoiler to Marshall's undefeated season. And that, on that December 5th game, Grant Wells with five picks, Rice upsets the at the time 17th ranked Marshall in the college football playoffs. so Andrew let's talk about the Rice Owls Mike Bloomgren back at the helm of the Owls what do you expect from the Owls in the 2021 season you know it's hard to think about this team because they only played five games and that all came at the back end of last year remember they paused and said we're not going to play football until October and ended up playing five conference games and went two and three and quite frankly probably could have been three and two or even four and one they played really close games lost a heartbreaker to Middle Tennessee State on the road. So it was a team that at the time uh, just didn't have a lot going for them being able to play football, but they get a guy in Bradley Rosner back at wide receiver. He was really good in 2019. He opted out last year. You do lose Mike Collins at quarterback. TCU transfer last year was really good in the five games he played. He's gone now, so they're hoping that maybe Luke McCaffrey is a guy that transfers in uh, this season that could play the quarterback position and provide some stability there. Wiley Green, Giovanni Johnson are two guys um, that will return to the roster as well. So we know what that team's about, though. They're going to run the football. Time of possession is huge. Um, But now that you bring back Rosner at wide receiver, that could be a dynamic offense. Yeah, I'm very interested. You talk about Conce. I'm very interested in the offense. Rice has a new offensive coordinator this year, Marquis Tuasipiosa. He has experience at both the collegiate and NFL level, so I'm interested to see how Rice's offense is going to adapt. So, looking at Rice's schedule, uh, they really have a tough gauntlet in in, in those first three games. They, the, I mean, Houston's a tough team just for just for Rice's caliber, and you know, battle that city. But then, look at Week One next week; they take on Arkansas, and then September 18th, going into Austin to take on the Longhorns. So, their start of the year is not going to be very key for their success. They got one non-conference game that I think is winnable. That's against Texas Southern. Yep. And again, they're in that they're in the West Division, so they're so those three games might be very costly at the end. So they're they're really gonna have to be, they're gonna have to win probably every conference game to at least be relevant in the picture. So I get why they're at where they're at in the in the rankings, just because like you look at their schedule, it is not easy for any for that team to get out. No, we could be talking about a team that enters the last week in September zero and three, just because they're playing but, tough competition in non conference. But that could prepare this team probably for, one and three if just looking at the schedule well yeah leading Southern. up to that leading yeah. up to that they'll be zero and three though probably because <laughs> arkansas houston and texas are tough games but this is a race team that's shown competitiveness uh, against power five teams over the years so who knows uh maybe they'll be able to sneak out a victory and get some momentum heading into conference play defensively last year were really good in the five games it played uh did rice 18 points per game allowed obviously came in here to huntington shut out the herd uh, and at the time, put Marshall's chances at playing in the CUSA championship in doubt. Um, although Marshall ended up still winning the East Division despite that twenty to nothing loss in December. Um, but really, the only concern there is no Blaze Aldridge, and he was the heart and soul of that Rice defense last year. Um, he's going to Missouri. That's a big blow. But overall, most of the starters back on that defense, and that was really the strong point of that team. Offensively, they did what they needed to do, but it was the defense that won games. Yeah, I think that's going to be key. And, and you know, in the offense, it's kind of anytime you get a new quarterback, it's kind of that's you know, that's already problem number one. But then you look at their defense, and you know they're bringing back some of the stars. They're not bringing back everybody. So you you would have to consider in in Texas and in, in that new start, Steve Sarkeesian offense. That's going to really be difficult if Sarkeesian does what he did at Alabama. This past year, that's going to be really difficult for the Rice defense. So, yeah, their defense is going to be really tested very early and then really throughout the season because their division, is it's not easy to win. It's going to be very – it's going to really be – they're going to be battle-tested every single week. 
Let's move on. Zimmer, North Texas is the t next team in line, picked fifth in this West Division. This is a team that's had a rough couple of seasons now. Back in 2017 and 2018, this was a team that won 18 total games over the past two seasons, just 8-14. and 14. Uh, So this is a Coach Luttrell-led team uh, by the mean green here that has gone in the wrong direction a little bit. I think people at the time at in the 2018 season were thinking maybe he takes the jump uh, to the Power Five, maybe he gets a job somewhere else, but now over these past two years, he struggled a little bit. Uh, and this is a team offensively had no problems. They led Conference USA in scoring, but defensively could not stop anybody. Yeah, and I think I think numerous times last year on this program we were talking about how bad North Texas defense was, and and that's going to be. And so that led into the the arrival of Phil Bennett, and and he, and here's the here, here's a good stat for you. Uh, North Texas finished last in the FBS yep. in defense last season, and they allowed you know the most points a game, forty two point eight, and five hundred twenty two point one yards allowed. So considering that, their defense was their defense was horrendous last year. Looking at the schedule, you know, the non-conference they have one winnable game at least in Northwestern State, SMU I think kind of a wild card, and then they should be able to beat uh and they should not. And Liberty's going to be and I think Liberty's going to have another good season. So North Texas not a lot of success, and then they come up here and play Marshall. They do play Missouri. That is a so so non-conference isn't going to be their strong suit, but a little easier on the conference side play. In the conference play, and they're going to take on FIU in the East Division, and then, and then Rice, and that could really, and Rice and Southern Miss, I think three teams that are, kind of in the midst of like this long rebuild. So, North Texas, if their defense is good, and they don't allow as many points as they did last year, they should be competitive. But, just, but they bring a lot of people back in that secondary. Just a couple of notes too about this team: Jalen Darden, who was really good last year, put up really good numbers. He's off and gone. He's in the NFL now. I'm um, not really sure who, certain who's he who's he playing for though, or who Darden is. Uh, he, I know he got drafted, I think, in the later rounds, or maybe he went maybe he went undrafted. I want to keep up with that, but he's gone. They do bring back DeAndre Torrey and Oscar Attaway at running back. Austin on is back. They also did bring in a quarterback, uh, former North Carolina quarterback Chase Reuter. So that could be a, a competition we keep an eye on throughout the season. And then defensively. They bring back nine starters, but they bring in nine transfers defensively. So this is a team that obviously needs to get better defensively and no shortage of trying to get better than diving into the portal and grabbing most of a defense yeah I think you're trying to you're you're hoping and now with that this is going to work that this transfer strategy is going to work but also these guys can play right away now there's no more oh they have to sit a year because of the NCAA eligibility these these new guys on defense they're gonna be able to play right away so that should be a big help for Phil Bennett as he's trying to build the defensive staff Let's head to the number four team in the West Division, and that w and that team is Southern Miss. Southern Miss, as we've talked about numerous times on this program last year, it, it was the head coaching carousel. A lot of coaches yeah. went in and out of that building. Started off with Jay Hobson, Scotty Walden, and now and now they bring in Will Hall from Tulane. So Andrew, let's talk about the Golden Eagles from Hattiesburg, the Southern Miss University Golden Eagles. Yeah, you can't talk about this team without mentioning Frank Gore Jr., a really good freshman season, 708 yards in 2020. Um, he was one of the top offensive players in Conference USA, and quite frankly, a lot of people are expecting a big year out of him uh, for a Golden Eagles team that, with the loss of Jack Abraham, needed to find a void at quarterback. We don't really know who that's going to be. They bring in a guy uh, named T. Webb. He's a Louisville transfer. Um, him and Trey Lowe are essentially battling for the quarterback spot there. Uh, both kind of dual-threat guys that can uh, throw the ball well and, and escape when needed to. Uh, and then another guy, Ty Keyes. He's a freshman, a name that could, to keep an eye out for as well to see uh, how he'll perform. But they need more consistency, really, from the offensive line. 24 sacks allowed last year. They bring in Bryson Mays. He's from a West Virginia transfer. So being able to be good up front is crucial. And, again, you don't want to rely on Frank Gore Jr. a lot because although he's a good player – you need stability at quarterback and a good offensive line to be able to throw the football. Yeah, I was surprised this team wasn't uh, lower. I, I think agree. four. I think four is a little too high. I mean, Will Hall is a first-year head coach. Will, Will, Will Hall has head coaching experience, but th that's at Division two or, or Division three. So he and he's going to be his own offensive coordinator and his own quarterbacks coach. Will Hall is going to have a lot of jobs on his plate that he's going to have to do. But here's the. Th he, he did a good job with the Tulane offense. Yeah. I don't know if the Tulane offense, offensive scheme 
is going to work for the roster he has now. So Southern Miss, they're going to have a very – it's not going to be a very easy year. It's going to be a lot of trouble, a lot of, a lot of trial, a lot of tribulations. Here's the, only, here's, here's the main benefit, though. Looking at the projected starters here that, that the uh, Lindy Sport Annual did, 10 of the 11 guys are back. Yep, yep. The, the only, the only uh, missing position is a quarterback, which will be lower – which as of now will be lower at Tykee. So they have veteran leadership in 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 the offensive room. You know, Frank Gore Jr. and uh, Jaquain Scott, even though they're freshmen, they played last year, and, and with the COVID year of eligibility, they get to be freshmen again. So they have the talent. It's a very veteran offensive offensive core group, though. So I think that's going to be a little bit of problems. And then defensively, it's going to be it's going to be I was reading this the other day and also in Lindy they were talking about like how it's going to be a lot more man-to-band play so the defensive scheme is going to be a lot different so I want to see how how good Southern Miss does in that just looking at the schedule here too South Alabama to open the season then Grambling State Troy they'll go to Alabama so yeah, they, that's a team that could yeah. be 3-0 and going into Alabama three winnable games there and then you play the uh, Crimson Tide so, yeah, so they're going to get a free loss so right there, so you, you could put them at three and one heading into conference play. South Alabama, I think, is kind of a wild card. I think it depends how good Steve Campbell has the uh, the Jaguars of, of South Alabama on the year. So, so but I think Grambling State and Troy, that's two, and Troy also could be a good team. So I think they they have the potential to be three and up, but they could be one and two. Defensively, concern there as well, similar to North Texas, a team that does bring back a good bit of experienced, but or experience, I should say, uh, a group that gave up about six yards per play, and that's quite frankly not good enough. Uh, as it's well not as acceptable. To compare 30 points per game, so defensively they'll have to be much improved to go along with an offense that will need to improve. That's the only part of this West Division poll that I was confused with. I would have put the Owls probably in the four spot and maybe Southern Miss five or six with North Texas, but we'll see what happens. I would put them at six. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the only poll Will issue Hall, I have. Will Hall is inheriting a rebuild. This isn't like this isn't like Charles Huff, who's the uh, – the we're talking about him, Marshall. He's getting all the pieces of the puzzle to win. Yeah. Will Hall is going to actually have to build this team to, to be competitive. We'll move on. Louisiana Tech is the team picked third in the West Division. I mean, quite frankly, this is a good Louisiana Tech team uh, from last season, and it's hard to believe they're predicted and could be the third best team in just the West Division alone. Another solid group uh, heading into 2021. And I think the big question mark for this team is who is the quarterback? Luke Anthony uh, and Austin Allen were two guys. Aaron Allen, I should say, are two guys that kind of went back and forth at quarterback. One guy would play good, the other would play so and so, and then they would kind of switch that rollout as the season goes on. And then they bring in a guy uh, named Austin Kendall. He transfers from West Virginia, began his career at Oklahoma. Now he's a grad student uh, with Louisiana Tech. Where does he fit into the mix? So the quarterback position's a toss-up. We don't know who's going to go out there week one. And if they can get a consistent guy there, they've got Smoke Harris on the outside. They've got playmakers, and they've brought in three receivers in the, in the, through the transfer portal as well. So this so, is a good yeah, they, team. They also brought in a running back. Could be a Marcus good offense. Williams Jr. Yep. Uh, from Appalachian State. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that the, right now it's like it, they're like the FAU of the West. It's the quarterback club. FAU's got like five quarterbacks on their roster. You know, Louisiana Tech's got the same little the same little club situation. I think you can start the year off. I, I, I do think Anthony's going to start. Because you talk about the other two guys, their transfers are still new to the system. He is coming off a leg injury, so we'll see. In December, they they expect him to be ready, but that's just something to throw in and consider. Right? Will he be fully healthy, and has he been practicing enough? And we'll, and you know, uh, I don't think we've heard anything from Holtz about like his, his like his health, but yeah. if he, you know, it, it's a factor to consider. Now, with this package, they could probably use multiple quarterbacks per game like have one do the scrambling it at least in the opening weeks if they're concerned about anthony's mm-hmm. legs so it's not all all done there but here but if if they want to be successful here here's a good stat for you this is a louisiana tech average 23 22.3 points last year against conference usa opponents if they want to win the west division they're going to score more points this is a because you look at their division the bottom half of that division, they could probably go through and blow everybody out on a good day. Good defense that comes back. They get 10 guys back uh, defensively, including breakout star linebacker Tyler Grubbs. They get the safety B.J. Williamson back as well. So defensively, 
Shouldn't be too much concern there, bringing back a lot of starters to a defense that was already uh, pretty solid. The expectations probably to get back to the 2019 level they had because they were good defensively in 2019 to help that team be really solid as well. And when you look at the schedule, it's in, in terms of Conference USA play, they're going to play Old Dominion from the East Division in Charlotte. Those That allows you to avoid what most people think is the top three in FAU, Western Kentucky, and Marshall. So they right. could go 2-0 against the East. You take care of business, maybe only drop one at the most two in the West. You're talking about a Louisiana Tech team that could could win the West Division. They do have to go to UAB late in the season, though. They're just going to play UTSA yeah. at home. So I think, I think Louisiana Tech at this point, they're going to probably have to just sit around and hope that the card draws their way. It's kind of hard. I think third's the right place for them to sit at this point because – for them to get, they have the talent to win the conference championship, but there's, I think there's just a lot of people in front of them that are that are good. And and, and talk about that non-conference schedule: Mississippi State on Saturday, next Saturday, Southeastern Louisiana on the 11th, SMU on the 18th, and then North Texas, and then they're taking on the Wolfpack of North Carolina State. So non-conference is a little a little bit medium, and they could probably get a couple wins there, probably come out with a couple losses. We'll now turn to the number two team in the East, the University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Very dominant year last year on the ground with running back Sincere McCormick. And now the Roadrunners looking to at least maybe challenge UAB for that top spot. Andrew, what do you think of the Roadrunners? Definitely a surprise team last year, but I think Nick and I at the time last year talking about this team knew they had the potential to be really good and be a standout in the West Division, and they showed it 7-5. and five. Went 5-2 and two in Conference USA play, um, losing to UAB early in the year and then fell to FAU. So really, besides those two losses, they took care of business the rest of the way. And they bring back probably the best player in Conference USA on the offensive side of the ball in Sincere McCormick. I mean, he was great last year. And heck, he's being considered as one of the top running backs in college football alone. Um, so they get one of the best players back. You get Frank Harris. Uh, back and hope he, hopefully he's healthy as well because last year he, he battled with injuries at times um, you, and you get two good receivers back Zakari Franklin and Joshua Cephas uh, the top two wideouts for Harris are back on this Roadrunners team so everything offensively says best team in the West Division maybe one of the best teams in Conference USA because they were good last year and they could be the same way this year defensively could improve a little bit. No literally glaring issue defensively, but it could get better in all areas. They were kind of middle of the pack uh, defensively. They ranked sixth in the league against the run and allowed about 25 a game. But when you have a good offense, 25 a game isn't, you know, it's not unbearable to have that number. So it's a good UTSA team. I, I like what this team has coming back this year, and Jeff Trailer's a good coach uh, and enters, I believe, his third year. Uh, second, second, second year. It's just second, second year. Second year okay. at the home. Yeah, you talk about uh, McCormick. He was the second rusher in the nation last year with a thousand over one thousand four hundred sixty-seven yards. Uh, the Lindy Sports Annual. They have him as the fifteenth best running back in college football. So I think, but also they bring back a lot of pieces on that offense. That whole offensive core group of that offense is still together. So U- UTSA, I think, is going to cause a lot of damage to a lot of a lot of teams in this conference. And a big game, and I, and I know we're going to get to UAB here in a second. That November 20th game, that's going to probably determine who's going to the conference championship in that division. These are two very great football teams. I'm excited to watch UTSA this year. I think they're going to – and they have the potential because they, they start off with Illinois. Illinois has got a new head coach in Brett Belma. Not sure how the fighting Illini is going to look. I don't want to give them the loss right away since they played this weekend. But they, they could really – and then they played Memphis and UNLV. That Memphis game is going to be a real good test, at least for me, to see how they compare with a strong team in the group of five. Yeah, we're going to continue doing the game of the week each week. I can tell you November 20th is UTSA and UAB. Yeah. That's... Can mark that down. And that's at UTSA, to a team that they only lost to UAB by eight points at their place last year. So that's definitely going to be a game that we and a lot of people take interest in because it could decide the West Division. To the, the best team the in the West Dome. Division. The Alamo Dome's going to be packed that night. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they're allowing them to be. The best team in Conference USA last year because they won the Conference USA Championship. It's the UAB Blazers picked first, as they should be, in the West Division. And, quite frankly, the path to a 2021 Conference Championship runs through Birmingham. 
Yes, it does, and it, and it really does run through Birmingham. You know, they're gonna, you know, they have again the pieces in place to do it. You know, Bill Clark's a guy with the spread and how good they've been, and they've been really consistent over the past many years with the spread. You know, Tyler Johnson, I think he's gonna have another good year. Dwayne McBride and the running back's gonna have another great year as well. Only concern I have with UAB is the wide. What they 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 did not bring him back all the start. Not, not, Mike just moved. Then I bring back all the starters from a year ago, so I don't. The offense might be a little slow to get started. They have a uh, the game against Coach Deion Sanders in Jacksonville State next next Wednesday night, but then that second game in Georgia, that's going to be a very yeah. tough game for UAB. So it, the a real good test and evaluation if you want to see UAB is going to be that October second game against Liberty because yeah. that is another strong team out out of the group of five or independent and offensively quarterback position is obviously the main one and, and we're, again we're gonna have to talk about Tyler Johnston the third he's back again Bryson Lucero I know Nick and I last year mentioned a lot about we didn't really know who the guy was going to be Lucero was really good and then Johnston started the CUSA title game so the quarterback position again wasn't it was fine and it was good enough to get the job done to win football games and running back situation Spencer Brown is gone he's off to the NFL now I believe with the Carolina Panthers um and Dwayne McBride I've read a lot of good things about Dwayne McBride last year was a freshman had good numbers as that as RB2 in that offense he's poised for a huge year defensively they do lose um a couple of key pieces Jordan Smith uh the linebacker is gone they lose their top corner and Bronte Smith or Bronte Harris I should say they're both uh, gone this year but I agree I think wide receiver is the question mark there because Watkins started the year then opted out the rest of the year but they didn't really have any problems because they had Myron Mitchell but both of them are gone so now it's about uh, who steps up in that role they do bring in TJ Jones he's a Penn State transfer didn't get a whole lot of time at Penn State but just an option to bring in but defensively not as much as of a concern as it is offensively especially being able to throw the football the only real concern I have with UAB is that schedule at the very end. Uh, it's the la- last three of the four games, yeah. and they're probably all going to be our games of the week. So, uh, November 6th, Louisiana Tech. November 13th, here in Huntington against against Marshall. And then November 20th against UTSA. Yep. That last game's easy against UTEP. I'm not worried about that. Those three games in a row, the La Tech, Marshall, and uh, UTSA, that's when they're going to really get tested. Oh, yeah. And – if they come out of that stretch 3-0, they deserve to win the conference. But that's going to be very, they have a very tough road at the end, so they're going to have to get themselves really in position. Those first, those first, their games really matter because that end is rough. I that agree. Is, that is a very rough ending. They have the hardest schedule of any West Division team because they have to play FAU and Marshall. And when we get to the East Division, we'll spoil it now. Those are the top two teams in the preseason poll in the East Division. So UAB is going to be tested this year. And if they want to be a champion again and get back there, they're going to have to go through the best in Conference USA. And it doesn't help they have Georgia as a non-conference. I mean, that doesn't matter as much because Conference USA-wise, you win those games, those that matter. But uh, definitely a winnable game there and an opportunity uh, to try to gain some success and build momentum. Yep. We'll step aside for a quick break. That's the West Division preview. When we come back, we'll discuss the East Division next here on Inside Conference USA. When it comes to cancer, what you don't know can kill you. Too many Americans over 50 haven't received potentially life-saving screenings for colon and breast cancer. That's a problem. Colon cancer is a leading cause of cancer deaths in the U.S., and breast cancer is a leading cause of cancer deaths among women. In fact, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer in her lifetime. Early detection is so important. If you're between 50 and 75, get screened for colon cancer. The earlier colon cancer is found, the easier it is to cure. Women between 50 and 74 need to get a mammogram every two years. Screening can find breast cancer early when treatment is most effective. If you're over 50, talk to your healthcare provider about getting screened for cancer. It could save your life. For more information, visit www.cdc.gov cancer. 
This is Marshall men's basketball all-time leading scorer, John Elmore. Driving in, and there it is. He's now the all-time leading scorer. And you're listening to the worldwide leader in Marshall University athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back inside Conference USA. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, Ben Cowers behind the glass, keeping us on the air and online. Big thanks to Ben for his efforts so far. You'll hear from him uh, a little bit later on here in the program. Let's start in the bottom half of this East Division, Old Dominion. The Monarchs did not play last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, decided to opt out, but they're poised and excited to have Coach Ricky Ron back in his first year finally going to be able to coach football for the Monarchs. Yeah, I remember at the end of last season, I think at the end of last conference, inside conference USA, I think I was a little high on the Monarchs. Being like, oh, they haven't played for a year, that's good. I'm a little concerned with that statement now. I think they're going to have a really troubling year because I think it's hard. I think for for them, it's going to be it's going to be hard for them to go from it's going to be hard for them to go from like not playing. They played a little bit in November with scrimmages to now playing an actual season of college football. So I think they're going to have a very difficult year. And they're in the East Division, and though the East Division really has, like, two main top dogs, and they're not really at the top, but Ricky Rand, I think, set up a very difficult year. Like, But here's the advantage he has. He has all his pieces in place. He's had he's had about he's had two years since he's got this job to get everybody who he wants yep. in place. Yeah, and I think going back and having to think about the 2019 Monarchs, the quarterback position was a question mark, and they bring in a guy. Uh, named DJ Mack. He comes from UCF. Uh, didn't appear in, in too much action there. Uh, was there in 2018 and 2019, then transferred. Um, and his numbers there total seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and that comes uh, in just eight games for them being able to play there at UCF. So he was solid in his spot time that he had uh, there. So they, they're hoping maybe he could be the guy at quarterback. They bring in Ollie Jennings. He's a West Virginia transfer at wide receiver. And they only bring back three guys defensively, um, and that could be a question mark defensively. Only bring back three guys uh, from the 2019 team. So just a whole lot of we don't know what to expect from Old Dominion because they didn't play last year, and we don't know how that's going to affect this season outcome. And they're going to have a few games here to get going. All four non-conference games are in the first four weeks. They're all Wake very Forest, difficult, though. At Wake Forest, Hampton, at Liberty, and then at home to uh, Buffalo before you get UTEP and Marshall on the road. So tough to expect a lot from this ODU team. But T.J. Mack's a good quarterback, and he could provide stability there. They get Elijah Davis at running back. He ran for over 300 yards in 2019, but we just don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's the key thing. It's like until we see them against Wake Forest on that Friday night game, we can just sit here and speculate, oh, Old Dominion's going to look like this, oh, Old Dominion's going to look like that. You don't know. And then for Ricky Rain, he's had two years to build this, but building the perfect team and building the perfect vision, that, that might that's going to take more time than just one, one week and see what happens. Before we move on and talk about FIU picked sixth in this East Division, we'll step aside for a quick station identification here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Your home for award-winning coverage of Marshall Athletics is right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP Ravenswood, West Virginia. And we're back on Inside Conference USA. Justin Zimmer, Andrew Rogers here. We're going to go to the number six team picked in the East Division. The boys from Florida International University, the Panthers, under the helm of head coach Butch Davis. So, Angela, what, do you thought, what are your thoughts on the Panthers heading into the 2021 season? I can tell you this, Justin. Devontae Price is their running back, and he's another good one in Conference USA. Might be the best running back in the East Division that returns. And Devontae Price last year, about 581 yards and what was an abbreviated season for this FIU team. They only played five games and only three games in Conference USA. So a weird year uh, for the Panthers and quarterback position was a question mark there last year they're hoping maybe uh, their new play caller they have in Andrew Briner uh, is able to find a quarterback and solidify the offensive line they only averaged around 20 points per game in the five games they played in less than five yards per play uh, offensively defensively should be better better 
and, and, and more improved because they've got a, a lot of guys back in the secondary for a group in Conference USA that was really good. Uh, that features Josh Turner, Rashard Dames, uh, a couple of safeties in Dorian Hall as well. So a team that defensively should be fine, but offensively just quarterback position was inconsistent, but it doesn't help only playing five games. Yeah, and I think Butch Davis is a, the other coach in this conference that's on the hot seat at the moment. I think FIU's really not had much success. Talking about the quarterbacks, I think the quarterback coach over at FIU, Bryn Renner, he's going to have a very interesting year trying to figure out how how they're going to figure out the quarterback play. You know, they got they, they brought in Max Bornschlager, yep. you know, the transfer from Maryland, and they bring in Wiggins, Kalen Wiggins. So they're, they have two quarterbacks with collegiate experience. But, again, they didn't play – a full season last year. They only played like five games. So they barely got really into a rhythm, and I think the record kind of really says it. Look at the non-conference schedule. They got two easy games early with Long, taking on Long Island and Texas State, but, the, the, but then their last two non-conference games were Texas Tech and Central Michigan. Those are two very tough teams. And then getting to conference play, get, taking on Florida, Florida Atlantic. So they have an easy start, a little bit of a rough patch in the middle, and then a little bit of an easy end with Southern Miss, so I, I think they're going to have a very difficult year in this conference. A couple of the other names at quarterback, too, that could see uh, a chance to maybe um, win that starting job. Hayden Carlson, a freshman that redshirted in 2020. Isaiah Velez uh, is a transfer from Eastern Kentucky that could see some reps. And then Grayson James, a three-star recruit uh, from Texas, could see some reps there at quarterback so again we'll see about this FIU team and we just don't know a whole lot because they struggled last year but they had limited action they had trouble struggles with COVID-19 and be able to play a lot of football games so hard to expect a lot we'll move on to the fifth place team uh, picked in the preseason poll of Conference USA the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders a team that could be dangerous in this East Division they went three and six last year did the Blue Raiders two and four in Conference USA play Coach Rick Stockstill's teams, though, over the past couple of seasons, just 7-14. and 14. So similar to North Texas, had really good success uh, around the 2015 to 2018 seasons, but then over the past two years, hasn't been as good. Yeah, I think his seat's kind of getting a little warm when you talk about Stockstill's job security. Looking at the quarterback position, I think we made a big deal last year about Ash O'Hara. That was a big constant theme on this show. Yep. He's out. He's out of a job now. They bring in... They bring in Bailey Hawk from North Carolina State to yeah. come in, take that job. But looking at Middle Tennessee, I think they got a lot of they got a lot of questions on offense. They're not bringing back a lot of returning starters, so their offense I think is going to be very weak. The defense a little more consistency as in past years, but I think Middle Tennessee is going to have a disastrous year. It really doesn't look positive. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. I maybe see two wins. Well. That September 4th game against Monmouth and that October 23rd game against Connecticut. Those are two winnable games. They're only going to get two wins. I think you're really down on the Blue Raiders. What if you don't have a quarterback and you don't have if you don't have the components on offense, you're not going to go anywhere. This is an offensive this is an offensive, you know, defense is mat- yeah, defense matters, but if you don't have a strong quarterback, you might as well you might as well uh, throw you might as well throw your chances of success in the barn before you even open the door. Well, let me let me give you some some talk here about the Blue Raiders. Bailey Hockman last year at NC State, 13 touchdowns, 11 picks, about 2,000 yards. Didn't get a whole lot of time, and the numbers were solid. Uh, and that's you have to consider at the ACC level with the Wolfpack. So he comes over. You hope maybe he can be a guy that's solid. And two guys that didn't play last year. Um, Rasul from FSU, he was a running back Florida State that did not play, opted out because of COVID, Amir Rasul and Martel Petaway, running back from West Virginia. Both guys sat out last year, so the running back position was uh, not as deep and it wasn't what it was going to be possibly for this year. Those two guys are expected to play this year, could provide some improvement, and then defensively, Reed Blankenship and Greg Great Jr. are back. That's the back end of that defense. Um, So, I think, I mean, I agree. I think Middle Tennessee State has the potential to be good, but at the same time, they do have the potential to win two to four games. But I can see it. I see more to where they're a seven, eight win team rather than a two to four win team, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying about that. I, I, I'm just looking at their schedule. 
and I'm and, and you look at their schedule, it's very it is difficult. difficult. You have to play UTSA on the road, and then you play Southern Miss at home. Those aren't going to be easy games, um, but you do get Marshall at home. That could be a game uh, you're able to steal. You get Southern Miss at home, FIU at home. We've talked about FIU and Old Dominion. Both those games are at home, and those are two teams haven't played a whole lot of football over the past couple of years. I mean, you also have that Virginia Tech game, you know, and I think Justin Fuente is also on the hot seat, so yeah. you could maybe uh, force Fuente out of a job rather quickly. All right, let's get on as we'll move on to the number four seed into uh, predicted in Conference USA. The Charlotte 49ers head in to this, and good year on defense a year ago. And, Andrew, what, what, what do you look at for the 49ers heading into 2021? I think they were surprised, and they surprised a lot of people the year before as well, and um, slipped a little bit, a little bit last year. Only played six games that went two and four, uh, two wins in Conference USA as well as two losses. They do get back uh, quarterback Chris Reynolds. He was solid last year, and he'll come into his third year now. They do bring in a guy named James Foster from Texas A&M, who could add some competition. But again, Chris Reynolds has been good. He hasn't played bad and made you want to question your decision making at quarterback is Reynolds the guy or not so I'm interested to see how they utilize Foster and how long Reynolds has the job depending on how this season goes for the 49ers they do lose a couple of running backs Harbison the third is gone Aaron McAllister both depart uh, after 2021 so we don't really know who's going to step up in that workload uh, on the ground who's going to be the guy out of the backfield and maybe it's by committee um, and they do bring back four stars store four starters up front so that helps um, hopefully fill that running back void um, pass protection not a whole big deal um, didn't struggle too much um, in the six games that this team played defensively they bring in a lot of transfers really on offense as well um, a team that allowed about 32 and a half points per game in the six games beat again six games not a huge sample size there but overall another team where you're sitting there scratching your head you don't really know what to expect again though you bring your quarterback back Victor Tucker's back at wide receiver and that's a big name that a lot of people in conference USA know but the running back spot is a question mark and a little bit defensively I look at the start of their year last year they were very good at the start of the year they they played App State they lost by 15 then then October 3rd they played Florida Atlantic lost by four so and then they won their next two games they kind of fell off at the end this, team's, this team has the potential to be good. Is the three seed the right spot? The, sorry, the four seed the right spot? Yeah, I think it is because I think you look at the, the three teams we're about to mention, they're a lot better. But, uh, but a transfer I want to bring up to you is John Alexander. He comes in from Kansas State. That's going to be very huge for that defense. You know, bringing a veteran from a packed Power 5 school, he's going to get a lot of playing time. That's going to be very key, key in their defense. As, look, as, you look, as looking at their schedule, they open up. They open up with Duke, Gardner Webb, Georgia State. That's and then they have Illinois in their non-conference. But you know, looking at who, looking at their schedule, it actually seems very manageable that they could, if all goes well, if chaos happens in front of them, they could be looking on the outside into the conference championship. That's if all goes well, because looking at who they play, they don't really have. They have. I mean, they have the East team, but. They're going to have to have a very good season to maybe try to play spoiler. Yeah, and the two West Division teams, they have to play Rice and La Tech. So, again, we'll see about the well, Rice 49ers. is winnable. Why Rice is winnable. La Tech, I think, just depends on how, how their health is with the quarterback, if Anthony and if the other quarterbacks are good. This is a fun team that I've been waiting to talk about. Western Kentucky picked third here in the East Division, coming off a season where they went 5-7, and 4-3 and three in Conference USA. And this is a team that was one of the most active programs in the transfer portal. I know, Zimmer, you love to talk about how much I love the transfer portal because I mentioned a lot last year in the spring about basketball. But this is a team that's going to bring guys over from Houston Baptist. And And they bring the offensive coordinator with them. Yeah, we know about that Houston Baptist offense from last year. Bailey Zapp posted posted huge numbers at the FCS level under uh, who is now the new offensive coordinator, which you mentioned, Zach. Kitley. So he's back, or well, he's there now, and they get Ben Ratsliff, the wide receiver from Houston Baptist, uh, one of the main targets for Bailey Zapp in the offense. So you're bringing over a Houston Baptist offense, hoping that it can translate here to the FBS level and for a Western Kentucky team that did not look good offensively last year. 
Yeah, I think you brought up the key thing. It's like they're trying. I think they're trying a unique strategy. I don't think you see many schools that are like, okay, we're bringing everyone over. All right, all our transfers from FCS. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make it better. We're gonna bring over our coordinator as well, and we're gonna hope that this puzzle goes together. That worries me a little bit, because the the game at the FCS level and the game at the FBS level are vastly different. So, this idea of okay, let's throw darts and let's see where they stick, I don't think it's gonna work very well. They got a good punter though, and John Haggard. He's in the top. You know, Lindy's sports annual. They have him in the top eight punters in the country. So they. They, they have a very good core on the special teams, but I thought at first they could maybe challenge Marshall in the East, but this whole idea of let's bring everybody over from Houston Baptist and let's see how everything's going to stick, I don't think it's going to work. I really, I think the offensive coordinator is going to be out after a year. Because to me, this is going to be something that's just going to fall flat on its face as soon as they get midway through the season. We'll see. The numbers speak for themselves at the FCS level and for an offense where Tyrell Pegram was really the starting quarterback, and he struggled for most of the year. They didn't have a good ground game, didn't have a lot at the wide receiver position. doesn't hurt to try something new, and if you pair that with a good defense, it could be a dangerous team in that West Division, They bring or the East Division. They bring back uh, D'Angelo Malone. He's been picked as Conference USA's preseason defensive player of the year, so he's back on the edge rushing the passer, and when you look at this, it's funny to look at the incoming transfers for Western Kentucky because they're bringing in six wide receivers two tight ends and a quarterback six wide receivers three of them of which are from houston baptist so this is an offense that is going to have a complete transformation and a lot of new faces yeah new faces and you're hoping that it's gonna it's gonna work but i just look at this team i think they have they have the foundation for success but can they actually have it we'll find out because look at their non-conference schedule ut martin's a win indiana uh, or sorry army going up to West Point on September 11th and then welcoming in Indiana. Indiana was a Indiana was a top 25 team last year in the college football play. They were dominant. Then they play Michigan State. So non-conference is going to be very tough and then their conference schedule is not very easy. They open up with UTSA and they're going to have to run through the gauntlet of the East Division. We'll move on, talk about FAU, picked second in the East Division, 5-4 and four record last year, 4-2 and two in Conference USA. They're going to bring in a couple of guys at quarterback. We mentioned briefly earlier about FAU's quarterback position. Nikosi Perry comes over from Miami. They're also going to bring in Michael Johnson Jr. Um, at quarterback as well. So a, a team where Nick Tronti got some action, even uh, a little bit of, oh, I can't remember his name now, Posey. Javion Posey at quarterback uh, saw a little bit of time as well, but they didn't really have much in terms of throwing the ball last year. It was more of a ground game for this team. So they're going to bring in Perry and Johnson Jr., hoping for better quarterback play, but this is a really good defense. Their strength is defensively finished second in Conference USA in scoring with defense at only 17 a game. Yeah, this is the number one team in the conference. Really? Th- this is the best team in the conference in, in the East Division, in my opinion. This is if I were opposing team, I would not want to face the Owls. I think they're very good. You talk about the quarterback situation. I think they're, they're, they'll sort that out. But you know, they, but the, I think this is a very good team. They're gonna they're gonna give a lot of people in this conference heck. I have to see more offensively from this Owls team this year to to say that offensively they only averaged 18 a game last year and under five yards per play. Until I see more offensively to pair with a good defense I don't know if I can say that yeah I, I think yeah I mean I look at their schedule I mean a tough game against Florida to open up they you know but then the rest of the season not non-conference worries me a little bit Georgia Southern and Fordham in, in the Air Force that's like three wins right there so and then they play FIU their first row test will be October 9th against UAB that'll be the first time we'll really get to see how good Florida Atlantic is but really tagging the Gulf Coast offense that's going to cause a lot of problems. But also, they lose their offense coordinator and defensive coordinator, Marshall. Clint yeah. Tricker was the OC there a year ago. Lance yeah. Gidry was the DC there. Now they're over over here at Marshall with, with, with Coach Hutt. Yep, you got Mike Stoops over as the DC now for yep. the Owls. Um, that do lose a big defensive player in Leighton McCarthy. He had eight sacks last year. He was really good, but uh, should be a capable defense. And Plenty Stoops of had a good defense back. when he was in Oklahoma. Absolutely. So. 
All right, to the number one team picked in Conference USA's East Division, Marshall, seven and three last year, four and one in Conference USA play, seven and zero to start the year, zero and three to end the year, and I think that's where we'll start with this team. They struggled at the end of last year, and not a lot of teams and a lot of people in general are certain what they're going to see from the herd. I'm not certain. I, I, you know, I saw the spring game like their last practice. I mean. I think they, they only ran like eight plays on offense, about four or five on defense. So when they tee the ball up against Navy, that is the first time I think a lot of people are going to see what this new Marshall offense looks like under head coach Charles Huff. My main concern is Grant Wells. I think it, I went back, watched some, watched some of the games back over the summer. You could see the rapid, de- like the rapid decline in his confidence. I think he kind of lost his confidence late in the season. And then he got 13 13- – Though it wasn't it, though it wasn't a tackle football game, I'm gonna use the stat thirteen sacks. The offensive line didn't defend him in, in the spring game. If they don't defend him in the season, you're gonna lose drive after drive after drive after drive after drive. Now, does Marshall have the potential to be win this conference? Yes, they do. I just don't I don't see it at the moment. I think they're gonna kind of play second. Cause I look at their I look at their schedule and UAB. Is going to be a tough game. FAU is going to be a tough game. They play those two teams back to back, and that's going to really be the. And then non-conference Appalachian State. Appalachian State's a heck of a good football team. Appalachian State, I think, is going to cause a lot of problems in the Group of Five. But I think Marshall's going to kind of be on the outside looking in, and they're going to have to hope for FAU to fall. I think the big concern for Marshall coming into the season will be. What does this new look offense look like? How does Grant Wells run it? Because I know they want to be more up tempo offense. Can Grant Wells adapt to that quickly and be able to adjust? But the big concern for me lies at the wide receiver position. This is a team that lo- and Wells that loses three of his top five wide receivers. Artie Henry goes, and he's gone. He's he's to Virginia. Brock Thompson, uh, Grant Wells' roommate, and, and those two had a strong connection as the year went on. He goes to Purdue, so you lose two really capable and reliable wide receivers there. You do bring back Xavier Gaines, but also you lose Brendan Knox, who was one of the best running backs in Conference USA, nearly had 1,000 yards in the 10 games he played in 2020. Uh, You lose Kane Madden. He transfers to Notre Dame on the offensive line. They do bring back most of the line around him, though, so the offensive line isn't really a concern defensively. You lose two really good players, Devontae Beckett, Darius Hodge, are gone, but eight other starters returned defensively for that team. The secondary probably is the deepest at the, uh, deep, 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 deepest spot defensively for that team. So we'll see. I think wide receiver is going to be the big question, but for me right now, Marshall, I can see why they're picked number one because they have a lot coming back, and Grant Wells showed enough in the first seven games. That does leave you a little bit of concern for how he finished the year, but enough to where he has really good potential and could be the best player and quarterback in the conference. Yeah, I was going to bring up a defensive stat here, but I was just looking at the Athlon Sports, what they said about Marshall. They have a great quote from an assistant coach, of a CSA assistant coach here, and this, I think, really talks about how good Marshall is, and this is the quote. Definitely the best team in the conference last year, and Charles Huff is in a great situation. They have a big, nasty OL and a real vertical threat at receiver. End of quote. That was from an opposing CSA coach. Now let me get to this defensive stat here real quick, because I think that shows Wells' potential. Marshall was the leading, was, led the country last year in, po- in, in points allowed per game at 13 points. The top power five, the top power five school was Northwestern, and that number was 15.5, 15.9 points a game. The reason why I bring that up is this: their defense is going to be very key for their success. Yeah. If they're not good on defense, like they're going to have a very difficult year. So, Marshall. If Marshall wants to win the conference, their defense is going to have to carry them. All right, that's the East Division. Marshall picked one in the East. UAB picked one in the West. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick a couple of games and give some season preview. Next, you're listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Imagine if drug abusers said exactly what was on their minds. Hi, Jim. Uh, you got a minute? Only if it's a quick minute, Steve. Well, it's the Anderson file. We should talk about it. No, listen, I'd love to, uh, but I was just about to snort some coke. Why'd you say snort coke? That's right, cocaine. You know, blow, nose candy. I do it all day. Not your typical office conversation, but consider this. 
One in seven working Americans uses illegal drugs. But what about the Anderson file? Tell you what, let me duck into the men's room, do a couple of lines, and I'll be right with you. Of course, drug abusers aren't this candid about their problem. But sooner or later, their problem speaks for itself. Okay, got my head cleared. Now, about that Peterson file. Anderson file, Jim. What can you do for someone who needs help? Give them this number, 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-HELP. It's the number of the National Drug Abuse Helpline. It's free, it's confidential, and it just may be the help they need. This message brought to you by the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. This is former Marshall football player and two-time Super Bowl champion Alvin McClellan. You're listening to the worldwide leader in Marshall Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Back inside Conference USA, Andrew Rogers and Justin Zimmer are going to pick some games as well as bring in Ben Cower. We're still trying to figure out what Ben Cower's segment is going to be. So if you have any requests, <laughs> what, is, what the name of his little <laughs> segment will be. We're going to keep keep up with the Zimmer winner because it was popular last year, but not this week because there's only two yeah. games. All right, first game we'll pick. And, Ben, I'm going to need you to keep track this year. Zimmer did a bad job last year oh, of God, keeping you track won. of records. You won. Like, wh- so, why are you complaining? You saying, won. UTEP, New Mexico State. Zimmer, who you got? I'm going to go UTEP. I think it's very – I think New Mexico State, they're an independent. They don't really have that much skill and talent. So I'm going to go UTEP big. This is going to be a very key game for for UTEP to really get their year going. So I'm going to go with a UTEP. Ben, what do you think? I got to agree. Going UTEP on this one. I don't see anything notable about New Mexico State. UTEP is not looking that great heading into the year, but I'll still choose them over New Mexico. I mean, they're ranked like 130th of all the teams here in FBS. That's great. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. All right, I'll go, yeah, I'm going UTEP on that one. We're all three going to go to the Miners. I like UTEP as well. They're favored by 10 points. The game's going to be played this Saturday at 9.30, so there you go. Football week zero. UTEP going to travel to New Mexico State. UAB Jacksonville State. This game's going to be played next Wednesday, but we're going to go ahead and pick it because it'll be at 7.30, and although two hours before when we'll start doing the show again next week, um, we'll still go ahead and pick this game. UAB and Jacksonville State. I'm going to go UAB. UAB, best team in Conference USA. They handled Jacksonville State last year. I think it's much of the same this year. UAB. I like UAB a lot in this game. I, I, I think Coach Deion Sanders, I think they had sparks of greatness last year on that Jackson State team. I'm actually, if I, if I get a chance to watch them, I'll, I'll look forward to it. But uh, I'm going to go UAB. UAB for me, too. Defending champs. They're going to win the battle of Florida. Yeah, brand Montgomery new stadium. Yeah, Absolutely. They, are, they consider it a road game for UAB, but it's played at their home field Right. Yeah, I'm in, that, in Montgomery, Alabama. So um, should be a good one there. That's Wednesday at 7.30. Um, so we'll be able to talk about that maybe a little bit as well yeah. next week. But we went ahead and made the predictions this week. Justin, what do you think about the Conference USA? We got – Conference USA season. we got about a couple of minutes here before sports buzz at 6.30 and we wrap up our first show of Inside Conference USA this year. Who wins the West and who wins the East? And then who wins the entire Conference USA? Well, I think Florida Atlantic wins the East. I think Florida Atlantic's a very good football team. I think Marshall, I think head coach Charles Huff in his first year, I think he's got a lot of, I, look, I think they're going to be a good, I think they have a good season, but I just think it's going to be very challenging with that schedule that they're having. I mean, just looking at that last couple weeks of the season, Florida Atlantic, UAB, Charlotte, Western Kentucky, they're playing all good teams at the very end. So that's why I don't have Marshall in there. So, cause I think they could, if they get out of that two and two, they they'll be, I think that that's their best chance. So I got Florida Atlantic in the East In the West. I'm going to go UAB. And I, and I think UAB wins that UAB has been the most consistent. So you've got UAB over FAU? Yep. I'm going to go Marshall over UAB. I think Marshall wins the East, and I think the Herd get revenge on the Blazers. Interesting. Last year, I think I picked Western Kentucky and Southern Miss. That didn't go too well. Those two teams no. were not good. Well, Southern uh, Miss, they, they lost their no, coach. No, I picked Marshall and Southern Miss. You know, Southern year. Miss I got lost half the coach of after right. a game. Yeah. All right, that does it for the first edition of Inside Conference USA this fall. Join us again next Wednesday at 5.30, but stay tuned. Sports Buzz is next for Ben Cower, Justin Zimmer. I'm Andrew Rogers. Stay tuned. Sports Buzz is next.
Thank you for listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tune in again next Wednesday at 5.30 for another episode. You've been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.